Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Loveline, episode 516 from September 21st, 1997, a Sunday night show. No guest tonight, just the love between the two hosts. Adam tells the story about his roommate's car being towed from out front of his place while he was out of town. A possible mason jar call prompts Adam to talk about meeting the kid in Tucson. And this is a very important turning point because they've already had several bogus mason jar calls, as they're known. Which is, of course, a reference to some bit Adam was riffing on the fly about somebody's a-hole being the size of a mason jar. A caller in Arizona then took that and started the revolution of bogus calls that hasn't quite amped up yet, but would indeed come into play much later into Adam's run. And not always with a fun spirit behind it like these calls. So it's very interesting to hear Adam talk about meeting the kid who started what is essentially the Loveline equivalent of a Baba Booey, but somehow much worse. Adam wants a blender in every doctor's office so both the patient and doctor can have a drink to relax. And he reveals that his mom caught the show the other night, and she warned him about the things he says on air. Odd. And Adam gives a reenactment of how a phone call to his grandmother goes, and reveals Buck09 will be the guest tomorrow night, which we have in full. As per usual, this is recorded in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline. 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo, and get on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. Uh. Two. Three, four, eight. Welcome to with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Would you sleep with sick women? I may be pregnant, but I'm still a man. Spank the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous. You're gonna ride you till you can't stand up. Come on, come on, let's go down. All right, all right, keep your shirt on. Love Line's meant for an adult audience. Love Line may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Love Line with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Yes, phone number 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, support survivors. This is just mess mess How are you, Doc? All right, what's up? No. Yeah, okay. okay. Let's go. All right, then. Uh, no guests tonight. Buck 09 tomorrow night. Our Lady Peace the night after that. Olive. It's going to be Wednesday. You, uh, Sherry, you hip to Olive? No. It's Lisa? Lisa's hip to Olive. It's a band? No. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm hip to Olive. And uh, I'm pronouncing that right, Olive. And uh, then the Cramps and then uh, Drew Carey will be in here. Never met Drew Carey. Kind of interested in that. Yes, me too. I brought a map of the United States in. So we can figure out where we're talking to and who we're talking to? No. I just thought it was something to do during the show. <laughs> Have you ever seen one before? What, a map? Yeah, of the United States. Uh, oh, this is the United States? Yeah. Jesus, I thought that was Canada. Right. I was wondering what Arkansas was doing in the middle of Canada. All right, Drew? Yeah. No business. No. Ready to go. Yeah. All right, here we go. Paul. Yes. Now you're 28, you're on Loveline. Hey, how you doing? Good. I have a slight question. Um... During during lovemaking with my girlfriend, um, she has a excretes a fluid that's um, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's it's definitely not a urine. I know that just by the taste of it. By the first time I filled my mouth up, um, this is a mouthful too. By the way, this is all right, all right. measured in the level of like. All right, all right, all right. Wait a minute, Drew. Would you stop stifling yeah, our but callers? He's no, he's not. He he's trying to. He's trying to talk. He's talking about volume here. Yeah, I, we got it. I, we got this it. This is a volume I've never experienced, Drew. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, some women are capable of that, and it's not okay. a bad thing. It's not an abnormal thing. It's just some women do that. What is it, Drew? Uh, sometimes it's urine. 
And sometimes there's this whole female orgasmic incontinence, and then sometimes it's just fluid. So there's a lot of several different kinds of glands down there that can excrete of tremendous volume sometimes. But he's saying it's not urine. I understand that. So it's everything else. I, I would believe there there is. Um, it may not be urine itself, but it's certainly urine's neighbor. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, there has to be put, some. Put it this way: I just got using through using three towels to kind of wipe it up. So wow, towels too. Yeah. These are not you know. Washcloth, and and this is when you're performing oral sex, um, oral and you know regular. Mm. And this happens every time you perform oral sex. Um, every time she you know starts grabbing my hair and says I'm coming, this is pretty mm-hmm. much what happens. And you're a better man than I, Paul. <laughs> well, I mean, I am proud of it, but you know, uh, on the other That's hand, why he's gone. Make sure this was a healthy thing. It's a it's healthy thing. It's fine. It's uh, more normal than people might expect, and people don't talk about it very much. But it's a normal okay. thing for some people. This is an okay liquid for me to drink. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's not safe sex. What's that? That wouldn't be considered safe sex, okay. but otherwise there's nothing specifically wrong about it. You don't, you're not swallowing it, are you, Paul? Well, you know, I mean, when you have your mouth open, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of like um, when you get hit with the big wave, you know. Sometimes just a bunch goes down the throat. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right. Right? All right, uh, Moondoggy. All right. All right, Thank you very uh, much for your help, guys. All right. Have a good night. All right. Well, he's hanging one there. Uh, see, that'd be a deal breaker for me. Oh, yeah. Well, a, in a terms girl, of the A girl oral... having a climax? Wait, let me think about that. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll just cross that bridge when I come to it, yeah. Drew. No, what I'm saying is is that'd be enough oral sex for me. Ah. As soon as I got first uh, shot with the, the first wave of the uh, ocean spray, that'd be it. I'd be moving up upwards. Samantha. Yes. You're 14. Yep. Okay, I've got a problem. Um, I met the. I haven't really met him yet, but uh, I know this 28-year-old, and um, he kind of wants to pursue a relationship, and he Jeez. wants a lot of pictures of me. And this guy is an asshole. Hold on, Drew. Now wait a minute. <laughs> is and there any doubt? He wants a lot of pictures of you. Yeah, and he wants. He acts like he wants. He's always saying, you know. Uh, what do you look like when you're naked? Are you naked? You know, what are you doing? Mm. Play that drop again, please. Huh? <laughs> this guy is an asshole. Thank you. <laughs> uh, this is over the computer you've met this guy? No, he's a just dish jockey, and I just called up requesting a song one night. <laughs> and then I called him back, and this is where it's led. Well, um, hmm. He's 28. Uh-huh. And he's probably 35. <laughs> Probably. Uh, and he wants pictures. And how old did you tell him you were 14? No, I told him I was 16. Oh, well, that's totally different. Then he's right to request those pictures. Is he not true? <laughs> yeah. I, I think you ought to have uh, somebody observe the conversations you have with him. And This is illegal, what he's doing, I think. At least yeah. it, it's heading towards illegal behavior. Well, he kids around, and he says, you're going to get me into trouble. And I say, why? He goes, well, I think you know what I mean. Uh, it's not kidding. Okay. Yeah. And this guy's a sicko. What is it you want from this? Um, I don't know. What do you think he wants? Um, probably a one-night stand. Yeah, and and certainly it feels good to be desired by an older guy and to be uh, made to feel special and whatnot, but this guy's using all that as a way to try to get you so he can be physically involved with you, and that's it, one-night stand, as you put it. Okay. Were you abused at any time in your life? 
Uh, yeah. Okay. Dr. And, and, Drew, you're so cool. And that's you why... But that's, oh, hell, I knew that one. But that's why this guy... I clean carpets for a living. I know that one. This guy, the radar was on, and he knows people that are good victims, and he's found one. He's just on to it. Okay. And don't, don't, you know, this is, this is an opportunity for you to end, at least diminish that cycle you're in where you go after abusers and allow them to abuse you. Okay. All right. In fact, it might even be therapeutic for you to step up and have the guy taken to task. Um, have the police listen to one of your conversations. He's an on air guy? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, in radio, that just gets you an advancement. Right. Really, he'll move, he'll move his he way up done? that much faster. Yeah. I, uh, I was, um, uh, orally, and I don't mean orally with my, you know, tongue, but just uh, over the phone verbally uh, sexually assaulting a minor for many years at a smaller station in Tucson. Ah. And uh, they caught wind of that over here in Loveline, and they uh, moved me right into the right into the throne. Yeah, that's yep. why they always describe you as the long-time disc jockey. <laughs> not a disc jockey, not a long time. Nope, certainly not. Don't believe everything you read, ladies and gents. Darren. Hey, how you doing? Good, you're 24. What's going on? I've got a problem, and I need both of you guys' help. Well, I've got a good job, and, you know, I'm not bad-looking and stuff, and I don't understand why I don't have a girlfriend. I'm not looking, and, you know... Maybe I, that's I, the problem. Well, exactly. I mean, you, you could, but you can look without being desperate. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, I've, I've, I'm not desperate, I'm not looking, Ex exactly and when right. I do look, nothing happens. When I don't look, nothing happens. I don't know what the problem is. I mean, you've never had a girlfriend? Oh yeah, I've had girlfriends. I mean, I'm I'm normal. I'm straight. I've never had you know any bad problems. And I was you know mm -hmm. like when I was a child or anything. Mm -hmm. um, when was your last girlfriend? I had a girlfriend over a year ago, and uh -huh. how'd you meet her? Were you looking? I met her at uh, at a local club. <laughs> so you were looking? Well, I wasn't looking. I mean, I was sitting there with all my friends, you know, all my buddies after work and everything, and you know and. But you went to the club to meet chicks. Well, I mean, I went to the club to drink beer, but, I mean, if anything... Was you know, shower. ...came about, you know... Sure. And That's looking, well, by yeah. the way. But, you know, I don't... I don't. I know if you want to meet a nice person, you don't go to the club, okay? I mm -hmm. mean, I, my job and everything, I mean, I can't go off and, you know, screw around and get drunk and everything else. Right. Because but, you do what for a living? I'm in law enforcement. Ah. Uh -huh. Yeah. What are you, are you a cop? Uh, uh, close. I'm a... Correctional officer. Uh, what's the difference between a cop and a correctional officer? They're on the streets. We're in the jail. Ah. We're babysitting, and uh, we take care of the kids when they bring them in. Yeah. Is that a better job than cop? Uh, I've been doing it for two years now, and I, I actually I plan on going on the streets uh, within two or three. Now, uh, in the in the at least Los Angeles Sheriff Department, you have to go in and do the jail thing for a couple of years, and then they let you out of, uh, out on the street. Yeah, yeah. It's really great training. Oh yeah, I mean it's... practicing uh, shooting tear gas into uh, rival gangs yeah. that are fighting, uh, turning the hose on guys, and basically this is great because after two years in this environment, you figure every single person you're going to come across is a felon. Exactly. <laughs> But I just, I That's don't know why they all treat you so crappy, huh? <laughs> oh. Couldn't I be just, anything to do with you, how you behave, dress. Oh, shut drive. up, Drew. Uh, listen, I got no problem with the law. The only problem I have is with the uh, parking enforcement personnel, who, by the way, uh, towed my poor roommate's car, Yeah. parked out front of uh, our house. Oh. 
Well, a lot of, a lot of these. Must mean you're one of your neighbors who love you so much. A yep. waste of taxpayer dollars anyway, so. Uh, no, I think change. they make taxpayer. I think they, they make it all back plus some on this little <laughs> endeavor. As a matter of fact, hold on a second, Darren. Let me yell at the uh, powers that be for just one second. All right. Uh, there's a law which is you can't have your car parked on the street for more than 72 hours without moving it, even if it's parked out front of your house. Is that true? Even if it's your effing car. Wow. And my poor roommate, he went to Europe a couple of weeks ago, and the guy got his <laughs> he got his car towed like, uh, actually, he was in New York for a week, and then he went to uh, Europe for two weeks, so he's gone for three weeks. He got his car towed about three or four days after he left. Oh. So uh, it's been sitting in the impound lot for mm, 16, 17 days. Why didn't you help him out by getting it out? I didn't know what happened to it. You thought somebody stole it? No, I thought he, like, parked it somewhere, Did you know, took it to the airport he or was something in New like York. that. He was gone. I know. It wasn't there while it was gone when I got back from New York. I see, I see. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So I didn't know. I thought he, you know, left it at the airport or right, his girlfriend's right. house or some nonsense like that. Right. Turns out it was towed. Turns out um, it's going to cost him like 500 and change to get the thing out. Now, it's such a goddamn racket these people have, this uh, parking enforcement. First off, my street was blocked off, uh, some sort of rock slide or something. thing was closed off for six months before they even began work on it. See, street can be closed off. And uh, no one could a access uh, the street from a certain direction. Six months before they even sent a guy out in a in an orange vest to take a look around. But when there's money to be made, oh, they're right on up there. Uh, do you think that it was uh, them scouting around or your lovely neighbors? No, it was the neighbors. Yeah, of it was course. It my goddamn neighbors. Yeah, you always my, talk about how my, your neighbors want to be put in their place. They're going to be at you forever now. I hate my you neighbors. You need to make peace with your neighbors. You don't put your neighbors in place. Screw put you my in neighbors. Yours. Are you kidding? They're going to kick your ass. I'll kick their ass. They're messing with the wrong ombre. I'll tell you that right now. I got power tools. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut the stilts right off their house and laugh as it rolls down the hill. The point is, is you in this great land of ours cannot park your registered vehicle in front of your address. For more than 72 hours before the man tows it away. Now, what the hell is going on in this country? I ask you. Is that the most pathetic thing you've ever heard in your life? Mm -hmm. You live in a house. You park your car in front of your house. Your car, your house. And these bastards come and tow it away. If people only knew what the Revolutionary oh. War was actually fought over, they would be outraged what we actually put up with today. I'm telling you, we got to rise up. Well, this, this whole parking force thing you know has what? gotten, gotten got, way out of hand, and all these son-of-a-bitch tow truck drivers and impound lots, they're all in cahoots with these guys. Oh, they're laughing all the way to the bank. FBI's You're despicable, be... all of you. You're despicable. Do you hear me? You should hang your head in shame. All right, let's get the calls. Your head should grow like an onion in the ground. I put a curse on you and your family. Please, you despicable people own these tow lots and who uh, drive these meter-made mobiles. You're all pathetic and weak. You deserve the worst that life has to offer. D don't pathetic. Uh, don't say things like "rise up" without expecting a call from the FBI. By the way. Oh, please, Christ's sake! You can't park your car in front of your house, Bill. I'm Corolla, spell with an O. Hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> Hello there. Good, yeah. hey. Yeah. I'm 
Uh, before I uh, get to my question, it's, I heard you guys talking like about two months ago uh, about you know how in Los Angeles where you guys are at, uh, you have to separate your uh, garbage when it gets picked up, mm -hmm. and, uh, your recyclables and household trash. Mm -hmm. Well, you'll be pleased to know here in the city of Shermer, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago where I live, you can put any garbage you want in your own personal garbage can, wheel it out to the street, and a truck with a robotic arm picks it up and dumps it in there. Oh, taxes paid for. Because I just got back. I just got back from New York a few weeks ago. They just drag anything. Uh, they drag a, a human kicking and screaming out to the curb, and they'll come pick it up the next day. Sofas, bodies, um, uh, hazardous materials, uh, chemicals, syringes, whatever it is they put and, on the curb. And stack it up a mile high, too. And stack it up like a freaking pyramid. It's gone the next day. Oh, where's the beautiful then? Oh, here it's like, hey, you got to alphabetize your, your containers. Oh, the, the, the trimmings are in this one. The cans and bottles are over here. Uh, this one, it's not facing Mecca. Exactly. And the arm will not reach it completely. So we'll just keep on driving. Oh, between, I, I'll tell you, if the garbage men in this city had half the initiative that the parking enforcement a-holes have in this city, we'd be living in an effing utopia. All right. Bill, your question. Yes. Um, I'm about to have a consultation with a psychiatrist soon because I'm pretty depressed. Yeah. And uh, my question is, if I mention, you know, thoughts of suicide, can he have me committed and locked up? They can, but they're not likely to just if you're ruminating about it. If if people really have intent and a plan, then yes, absolutely. In most states, 72 hours against your will. Oh, well, if these are like past thoughts, you know. No, they're not going to hold. They, listen, they need to know that because it's a sign of how severe your depression is. And what kind of medication would he prescribe to me? You know, I, I'm not there examining you, but uh, the most common class these days are the serotonin reuptake inhibitors, Paxil, Zoloft, Prozac, mm. Serazone, these sorts of medication. They're very effective, Remeron. Yeah, because, you know, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm an alcoholic, but, you know, I drink a lot to escape from reality. Okay, this is, this is, Bill? And a lady just ruined my life. Ah, a lady mm -hmm. with the special body characteristic, Adam? Excuse me? I recognize this voice. I want that? No, I don't. I do. You do? Yeah. Really? Let him, let him, let him. I don't. What are you talking about? Bill? Yeah. This guy is an asshole. Drew, uh... Why did you, why'd you call me that? Drew thinks uh, this is the uh, butthole the size of the mason jar call. What is that? Ah, and Mike does too. All right, so, Bill? Yeah. I just recognize as another strange voice. But it's been a while. It's been a couple of months. Yeah, this is the guy. I don't know what you're talking All about. All right, well, Bill, if you could work in the butthole the size of a mason jar, Mike and Drew would be happy. What is that? That is so disgusting. Okay. Oh, all right. Well, take your medication. <laughs> I'm not so sure it was a guy. No. You are? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't he, he answered questions that I normally ask before I before I asked him. Really? As like a way what? of transitioning. But the substance and alcohol and whatnot. And he asked it, and when it wasn't even occurring to me. I don't know. He put it, injected it in there. I believed Bill. No. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was getting there. <laughs> Tell me. I'm telling you. I, I right, recognize the voice right. instantly. All right. You're good, Drew. You're better than I at that one particular and that's thing. Why he, that's why he threw in this Illinois he was from when he was really from Tucson. So. Uh -huh. All right. Uh, for those of you who, who aren't sure what's going on right now, there's a guy from Tucson, a demented listener from Tucson that I had the displeasure of meeting when I was in Tucson, who's basically a real pathetic guy, and he'll call in the show like every three months, and he'll work in the phrase, a butthole the size of a mason jar and it's always amusing 
and it's really one of our only reoccurring callers. And Drew swears he recognizes the voice. It sounded close to me, but I was not certain. It, it had the typical, the way he, the, he typical the phraseology way he, yeah, does it, not everything. All right, Chrissy, you're 21. Yeah, hi. Um, Meanwhile, that guy from Chicago is going to kill himself now. Drew. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Um, hi, Adam and Dr. Drew. I just want to say you guys have a great show, and I really enjoy listening. Thank you. Um, my question is, uh, I guess mostly for Dr. Drew, um, I have interstitial cystitis. Mm-hmm. How was that diagnosed? Uh, that was diagnosed like four months ago. Ow. I was in and out of the hospital. Did they do a cystoscopy? Yeah. <laughs> did, they, did they do a bladder biopsy? Yeah. And they found that? Yeah. Or did they find nothing and said it must be interstitial cystitis? No, I actually, um, they, because, oh my Because the reason I'm asking that question is interstitial cystitis is sort of a grab bag diagnosis when nothing else turns up. Yeah, no, I know. And it usually, the problem is it's usually older women. So I've gotten a lot of older No, candy. I've seen it in younger women too. So really? anyway, so but they found it on biopsy. I, I guess. I don't know. There was okay. A, anyway. All right. I basically, my basic problem is that, um... When I have intercourse, obviously with a man, I have to go to the bathroom the entire time. Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. I, it's awful. Yeah. It's terrible. How long you had this for? I don't want to go through the rest of my life not being able to have sex. How long you had this for? Oh, this has been going on for about ooh eight months. You're nine talking, months. You talking about number two, Chrissy? No. <laughs> <laughs> number one. Let, uh, let me uh, let me share with you my clinical experience with this problem in young women. Okay. And the only time I've seen this with these women get these tremendous, you, uh, you always feel like you got to go, you're always miserable, right? Yeah, I mean, you can get up, I can get yeah. up three times a right. Um Do you exercise? Yes. What kind of exercise do you do? Um, I do, do, you do I spinning? basically go to ballets. I do like bicycle. And do you do spinning? That's the bicycle thing. Do you right? do spinning? Spinning? Yeah. That, okay. You know that bicycle training on the? Yeah. Okay. I Stop it. Okay. And this will go away. Really? Because in every single case of this that I've seen in a young woman, uh-huh. and I've gone through some extensive workups with women. And after a while, we, uh, the first time this happened, we worked on this woman for like four months, and finally somebody said, why don't you stop the spinning? She stopped, went away in a week. And we called her interstitial cystitis too. Really? And it's just some kind of irritation that occurs of the of the tissue or the nerves down there that causes this urgency, and it's from the biking. Stop it. Well, uh, I've been hearing about this with guys, too. Guys is a little different because da- guys is actually concerned that it damages the nerve, the pudendal nerve, and it can cause all- prostate problems. And there's even mm, it's a whole different and probably more serious syndrome in guys. But in girls, I've seen this inter- this kind of picture. I don't trust people to spend too much time on a bike unnecessarily anyway. Hmm. Think about that. Hmm. You're riding in big circles. You're not even going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Well, those, those spinning classes now, you know. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Maybe that's just a California thing. I no, bet they don't no. have that in yeah, Iowa. No, we were in Hawaii and they had classes there at the hotel. Really? Yeah. Hey, you get on some sort of stationary bike and you just pedal your ass well, they off. Have to stand up and sit down. It's something to do with the the nature of the way they have people doing this that really irritates women. I think. At least my experience has been. I've seen this a couple times. Hmm. Yeah. Everyone's just got to get into like chopping wood or something. Boxing. Yeah, a jump rope or something like that. All right, Drew. I can see you're getting ready to leave. I gotta go do a little spinning on the toilet myself. Why don't you give uh, sell the hell out of the next call? Uh, this is interesting. Listen to this. Thirty-three uh, year old wants to say if people. Eh, you want to start with that one? 
And people, <laughs> let's talk. <laughs> Drew, let me explain the concept of sell. There you go. Like, you go. Let, let's just say we're coming out with a Love Line, the movie. All right. How much masturbation? What would you put on the poster? Almost as good as some of the movies you might have seen this year? Or would you say a must-see? Or let me think about it. Uh, hey, Cliff, how much masturbating is too much? Adam, you're an expert. You'll, you'll talk to me. All right. And uh, also, a uh, little Jay Leno love line oh, yeah, revelation yeah, yeah, yeah. in uh, his Friday monologue. We'll play that all after this. The voices are trying to throw me off while they're tr- while I'm trying to concentrate on this. Okay, you're safe. Thank you. Love line will be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Drew, and of course it is winter and cold weather's here, and it's getting even colder. And for some of you, that means dry, itchy, so-called winter skin. Now, instead of using the same old anti-itch product this winter, consider using something new. It's called Tricom. A recent study showed that it is more effective at reducing itch than 1% hydrocortisone, which is what you get over the counter. Tricom works on skin irritation, and be sure it is, in fact, just irritation. If there's any question, of course, see your physician to make sure it's not a significant medical or dermatological condition. Tricom is backed by the itch-free guarantee. If Tricom does not stop your itch, you can mail them the empty tube, and you'll get a full refund. Now, if you have this so-called winter skin, get a tube of Tricom for your medicine cabinet, your car, your desk at work. It can help. It's guaranteed itch relief that is more effective than hydrocortisone with none of the potential side effects of steroids. Find the white and blue box in the anti-itch aisle at Walmart, Walgreens, and CVS Pharmacy. Hey, this is Kevin from Kids in the Hall, and we always listen to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Who? Oh, <laughs> the, the deal is, Adam, that guy thought you were going to kill him. The guy's All like 80 right. years old. You start screaming at him. The guy scares him. It's time about my neighbor. I have problems with both neighbors. The, the two closest neighbors to me I have uh, serious difficulty with. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm taking a moral stand, Drew. I'm not going to go over there with a, a fruit basket because they're both... Out of control a holes. Uh, the and one I, they I, need to be put in their place. Yeah, the one on the other side, maybe, but the old man is just the old man is scared. I mean, he thinks you're gonna like you're like. Some but, listen, he's not scared. He's standing out on his lawn, yelling up the hill at me. Not anymore. Oh, I didn't threaten him. I just told him, uh, you know, shut up. <laughs> he's tired of his yelling. Thankfully, all the guys who worked in my house are a bunch of losers. I went to high school with. Yeah. And they just yell down. And so it's like he would like yell up the hill, somebody move these cars. And they'd yell, shut up, pops. Yeah. Let's go. Well, yeah, listen. I'm, I'm proud of you. Listen, I, I don't have time to explain uh, why uh, he had, we had to move the car, but it had. It, put it this way my house. Uh, was in total disrepair when I bought it. It was falling apart. It had not been touched in 50 years. I mean, there were tumbleweeds blowing around. And when this guy opens his front door, he looks at my house. As a matter of fact, his house is sort of in the shadow of my house. Mm-hmm. When he opens his front door, and you know where my house is, yeah, Drew, yeah. All he, his view is my house. I understand. And I came in there, and I put a ton of money into this house that had been a blight 
on this uh, in this neighborhood for years. Not three years, not five years, 50 years. You probably liked it. It was way. falling apart. Paint chipping a fire hazard, this place was. I come in there, I am adding probably 25 grand to the price of his house just by virtue of taking my house and almost doubling its value yeah. with the work that I'm doing on my house. Yeah. And this old fart is yelling up the hill to have me and my workmen move our cars, which are not blocking his w- situation at all, other than his wife has to now go down the street, pull do, into a driveway, a three-point turn. and do a three-point turn to get in her garage because they closed the other end of the street down the way she normally gets there, yeah. into the garage. Now, if he's got a beef... He's got it with the people who are working on the street, not me. And there's no other place for me to park, and it's temporary, and we have to get the job done. What are we supposed to do? Uh, Have everyone leave their truck at home and, uh, you know, bring the materials up on a mule? (laughs) So I yelled down to the guy when he he was yelling up, you know, every, every other day, move the car. And I yelled down, and I said, hey, why don't you tell your wife to turn around? And he went ballistic. And then I said, well, listen, I'm coming down there. And then he went, no, no, no. All right, see? Well, listen. I, listen. If you're a pussy, then don't yell. That's my that's 80, my rule. Eighty years old. All right. If you're eighty years old and you're scared, some uh, young guy's going to whoop your ass. Then don't stand out on your lawn and yell at him uh, all day. Uh, Should just roll the boulder down on. <laughs> like the witch from Snow White or something. Start to, uh, you know what I'm going to start to get some molten uh, lead and just dump it <laughs> over the. Dump it over the fence down onto his yard. Your house yard. needs uh, reinforcements. Oh, Jesus. Crossbow and the... I'm working on a turret already. Who goes there? Cliff. Yeah. Go ahead. Hey, it's pretty exciting to talk to you guys. Um, the only reason I, I'm trying to be a rock star in my life is so I can be on Love Line for real. So uh, this, wow. is the, this is the alternate version. That's the okay. only reason. You better hurry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we've got much time left. Okay. What does that mean? We don't know. Okay. Go ahead. Well, Adam's going to be a movie star. I yeah, that that's right. Fine. That's right. What happened with that anyway? What, the movie thing? Yeah. I'm going to do it. When? Uh, coming up, a couple weeks, maybe. Did our manager call you? No, why? Because we're like due all over the country in a couple Yeah, I know. Days. I got a small part. Adam, you can't give up the, the radio. No, don't worry. This is my love. It's an important thing. I love this. Oh, good. Okay, right. my question is then, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering both your opinions on this. How much masturbating do you guys think is too much? It's too much if you hurt yourself or if you are unable to maintain productive involvement in your life and relationships. See, like, what does that mean? I mean, I mean, who jerks off? Yeah, so much it's hard to judge, isn't it? Uh, I mean, who does? Who jerks off so much they can't go to work? You know? Uh, they're out there. Yeah, or that they or they put themselves in danger. A lot of guys who work at my house, by the way. <laughs> or, or they or they don't or they turn away from relationships. Or they, or they don't, you know, study or do things, you know, accomplish. I mean, that's got to be a real small percentage. That can't be many people. Uh, let, let me, probably let me, true. Let me explain something, Cliff. Let me explain what uh, what semen is. <laughs> semen is um, what gas is to your car. Semen is to your body, at least uh, the male body and society. I mean, think about all of the stuff. Drew, stop breathing while I'm talking here. Wait a minute. Think about all the stuff. That, what are you looking at? Drew. No wonder the calls in Minneapolis ran off. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They're, Is that true? Uh, I was just reading some email that said the uh, the Edge in Minneapolis changed formats and they went to a different uh, different station or something. What's going on Is over there? Is that true? You know any of that? So we're not on the Edge anymore? Uh-oh, wait. 
So it's the same station? No. Wait a minute. Yeah. So we're on this different station? Yeah. Why did somebody tell us? Uh, no one tells us anything. Unbelievable. All right. All right. We'll get to the bottom of the Minneapolis thing in a second. Anyway, Cliff, I was uh, into one of my uh, retarded analogies when Drew cut me off. with this. <laughs> You know, whenever I launch into an analogy, I Drew, start reading because Drew I just want to... starts perusing hey. uh, the email. I... It, it's funny. Drew, you know, when I go into analogy, all of a sudden Drew's got time to kill. It's like he's in the uh, dentist's office. He's in the waiting room and uh, he's waiting for someone to come out. And he's just going to pick up a Sports Illustrated or something and just yeah. sort of sit back. And, what does that tell you? Know, you? Yeah, Drew, please. Did you pay you? attention? Head in the game, Drew. Thank you, Cliff. Now, Drew, listen to me and tell me what you think of this theory. Think of how society is shaped by men's uh, uh, motivation in that department. You know what I mean? Masturbation? No, I mean just what the production of sperm. Think about that for a second. Oh, well, testosterone and, and, and sexual libidinal drives is, is considered to be the fundamental drive of human beings. Right. And this is why men go out there and earn. And this is why wars are fought. Yes. And this is why, uh, you know, f everyone loves football because yeah. their guys getting their ass kicked. Yeah. I mean, this is what it's all about. Now, he here's what I'm saying to you, Cliff. Okay. It's not that if you masturbate, you know, you could masturbate 15 times a day and still make it to work on time. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Maybe a but you, you wouldn't want to go to work is what I'm saying. It, it kills. As a man, you need that, that fire in your belly, so, yeah. or at least a little uh, below your belly. Some people think that. Yes, I know that. <laughs> you show me a man who masturbates chronically, I'll show you a guy who's uh, making minimum wage and still living at home. I think which which a, comes first? That's a good point to think. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the, the, uh, the chicken or the um, sperm. But listen, Cliff, yes. what are you good for a day? Uh, a day? No, it's more like a week. Like two, no, three times a week. Adam's not huh? talking to you then. Two, three times a week? Yeah. All right, don't waste my time. I oh, we had a serious problem. For you, Drew, this is a guy calling up think, saying uh, like he has a problem with alcohol, and then you find out he has a uh, shot of NyQuil twice a year. Yeah. yeah. Please. You're wasting everyone's time here. I thought we were talking about a problem. Except in my case, I might uh, straighten him out. In your case, you actually get offended. Twice a week. <laughs> twice a week. Please. Jamie. Yes. Hi. You're 33. Thirty-three. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I, I listened to your show on Sunday evenings. It's like a couple of pre-recorded shows, and I hear so many young ladies talk on the phone about their bad pasts and abuse. Oh, yes. Very common. It, yes, it is very common. And and I, you mention often for them to go into counseling, and I think that kind of without an explanation of what it is and what it can do for you, I think it's kind of a frightening thing to launch into and i thought maybe you know you have an awfully large audience and i thought if you could explain it real quickly then if, maybe if we could or, or did you have something to say about it did i didn't really have anything to say about it i mean i've been through it and how did you experience it it was probably the most difficult undertaking i've ever done why and the most rewarding why was it difficult um to, to admit to things that had happened mm -hmm. and um to be honest Right. It's it's really sort of like uh, taking down the, the distortions that your brain automatically puts in place to protect you and, and well, delay dealing with feelings until a later time and creating defenses around that. Well, for me, it was something like that, yeah. yeah. And I just thought, you know, you say kind of 
easily. Well, oh, well, you need to go into counseling. And well, counseling is a very frightening Well, t- t- But be, speak in the first person about this. Why was it difficult for you? Um, because it would, it, for the first time in my life, I had to be honest about everything. What was so hard about being honest? Um, well, I grew up in, in not a good household, and I went my entire life with lying about things, lying, you know, about bruises and why I missed school and why people couldn't come to my house. And mm-hmm. and so that was... What was the was, process of therapy like for you? I, gosh. You're not going to be satisfied until you get her to cry, are you, Drew? No, no. I'm just, I'm just, it's very, I think, again, if we start uh, just try to give a couple sentences of what it's like, it's going to fall on deaf ears. Well, if we talk about somebody who's had the experience, is describing their experience, well, it be more impactful. Also, Jamie, to be fair to myself and the good doctor, if in fact you are a doctor, by the time we get to the point where we tell them they got to get some therapy, we're five minutes into the call. Okay. And it's pretty much at that point, it's sort of like, um, call, call the fire department. I'm not well, going to explain what goes on once they get there, but you need to, the the house is burning. Call the, well, and part, call part the of department. Our, part of our job the is... analogy of a house, that's fine. For me, it was like having what looked like a house and, you know, constantly fixing the plumbing with duct tape and um, bailing wire and, 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 then and it, the whole thing. And I thought, so okay, in therapy, well, I'm going to have somebody help me with this duct tape and bailing wire and what turned out is, we ended up having to tear the whole house down and right. start over again. Right, and that, and that process of tearing is kind of scary and painful, but ultimately ends up for the better. Well, you don't have a choice, really. I mean, here are your choices, and, yeah. and you know you, when you need therapy. Some people, some people, it is important to keep it pasted together. That they just can't tolerate the, the dismantling, and that's up to the, the practitioners to decide who can tolerate the, the, the more curative approaches. Right, but if we're talking to some 15 or some 16-year-old that was molested and getting involved with bad relationships and abusive relationships, and we tell her to get some counseling or go to some therapy, uh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I, I don't really think we need to explain it. They just well, need also, to go and get and, involved and, with the process. And by the way, we may not be referring them for comprehensive, you know, psychoanalytically-oriented psychotherapy. We may just be trying to create some structure and supervision for them. It depends on, on the needs, and the practitioner will decide right. what the specifics right. will be. Mike. Oh, that Leno thing. I forgot all about it. You got it? Yeah. Well, why don't you play it? Wait a minute. Mike? <laughs> why don't we just play it when we come back? Uh, because uh, we're running late for break now. All right. Here we go. All right well, first thing we're going to hear when we come back is uh, Loveline on um, Leno, Friday night. I don't think they're aware of how much they suck. Hey, that's not very nice. You kiss my mother with that mouth. I mean, your mother. Loveline will be right back. Uber. You like making money? Drive with Uber, the popular smartphone app that connects riders with drivers. I love me some Uber. My wife loves Uber. We use it all the time. I've talked to the drivers. They love being their own boss and earning great money. Parents, you can work around your family schedule and students, you can make cash in between classes. I even hear one of our own is interested in being an Uber driver. Porcelain Punisher? Yeah, what a boss. You thinking about being an Uber driver? Yeah, you know, uh, my buddies and I use Uber all the time over the weekends. And uh, over the last few months, I've had a chance to talk to a lot of the drivers, really find out how easy it is to be a driver. You can work around your schedule, make some quick bucks. So I figured work for you during the day, work for Uber at night. Well, it's basically... You know, you're out, you're in your car, you're paying for your car, you're paying for your insurance. Why not make a few extra bucks? Smart. 
Yeah, and you can turn it on and turn it off whenever you want. All you need is a car and a license to start earning serious, life-changing money today. Oh, do I wish these guys were around when I was a struggling comedian. Going to the open mic on the other side of the hill? Could have made a few bucks on the ride in. Sign up to Drive with Uber. Visit drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com. Drivewithuber.com. Hi, I'm Robin Leach with those champagne wishes and caviar dreams. And you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Corolla. Yes, you is. Phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. So, Engineer Mike records the Leno monologue each evening. and then Every evening? Every wow. evening. And then sends it out to other stations that uh, do something with it. Uh, I'm not sure. How's that go, Engineer Mike? It's called a feature. Uh, it runs in morning shows. It runs on morning shows. Correct. Mostly crappy morning shows? Mostly great morning shows. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do it in Los Angeles, though, do they? I believe it's on another station, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, in Los Angeles? Interesting. Boy. All right, so anyway. Gotta be a little hard up. Yeah. Anyway, um... <laughs> Mike hates it when I do bad radio. Uh, he was recording it, and he called me uh, Friday night, but I was not around to tell me. And I guess he gets the feed from the East Coast, so it's three hours earlier. And uh, he called to warn me that uh, they mentioned something about Loveline in the uh, opening monologue. Which Interestingly, is, uh, he was the only person that called us about this. Uh, yeah, not a good sign for Leno. But uh, anyway, kind of a uh, kind of a nice nod when you're mentioned uh, on Leno's monologue. So, uh, shall we hear it? Sure. Anybody ever see this show on MTV called Love Line? You know the show you watch yourself? Yeah. I'm watching it the other night, and there's a woman on there who says she has orgasms every time she sneezes. <laughs> yes. uh, she won't be getting a flu shot this winter. Right? <laughs> Oh, boy. That's, I need a, someone with a drum kit. That's my new thing. Uh, I want to do a show one night where there's a guy with a drum kit just sitting in here in the studio and just uh, letting people know when there's a joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think, actually, if I remember that call right, it was that she sneezed when she had an orgasm. Not she orgasmed when she sneezed. Uh-huh. And that uh, she, remember, we've had this call before here. The guys call in, they, they're concerned that if they start sneezing when they're masturbating, their parents will hear it and know what they're doing. No. Yes. Last week. Oh, what are you kidding? Yes. Ladies? Uh, did we not? Yes. Sherry says yes. Oh, please. They and know the, where their bread is buttered. That's that, why they and, nod like and, seals when you point at them. Is, and that is uh, not an uncommon thing, actually. Why is that? I don't know. But it's, okay. not, no, it's nothing, nothing, nothing medically uh, abnormal about it. Why is it when you look into the light, it makes you sneeze? Uh, I don't know for sure, but it probably makes you tear a little bit, and the tear gets into the it goes. The tear ducts drain into your nose, and it irritates the nose, and you sneeze. Mm, no, no, I don't buy that one. Yeah, I'm just guessing. Uh, anyway, the point is, is uh, I'd love to see the show, but <laughs> I probably had no joke to that uh, to that question anyway. Oh, when that happened? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why uh, Leno's got a team of writers. That's what I need. Some writers. Yes. 
you know, these other shows, I mean, a guy like Leno, I don't know, he's making a few million a year, but then he has a staff of probably 12 guys that are writing jokes, and, and they're all yeah. making more money than I am, too. And doing pre-interviews. I should get paid a writing fee, you know? Yeah. 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 Robert. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> yes. You're 24. What's going on? Well, first off, Adam, you're like the funniest guy in the world because you don't have anything rehearsed, and it's just great to listen to you. So. All right. Uh, hold on. I, I lost my place on the teleprompter, so I don't have a good response for that one. But uh, thank you, Robert. Okay. Um, I was just over at my friend's party this uh, past weekend, and uh, I guess the house was infested with fleas. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess one of the guys there who was having sex caught fleas, and he was wondering if he can treat it like crabs mm-hmm. get rid of them. No. So how fleas, does he get rid of them? You don't catch fleas. Well, your, house, says, your house catches fleas. He says he's got fleas down in the pubic area. Those aren't fleas. Oh, boys, that dog's ass sore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, there's the time to hit the high. Oh, please, if I have to kill you, Mike. Uh, Robert, uh, fleas don't stay on your body. Lice stay on your body. Okay. And so pubic lice stay in the pubic area. So I said I've never had lice. So is there, do they look different? or? They're crabs. You heard two people talk about crabs? Yeah, for so crabs basically just lice is on your pubic pubic, area, pubic right? lice. That's right. But yeah. it's a different kind of lice. It's a little bit different. So you don't right? understand what he's asking, Drew. No, he's asking, are they fleas? No, but then he has now uh, rethought that question, and he's saying, what do they look like? No, but look, listen, when you say pubic lice, people seem to think that they're lice and not that, crabs. that are on your pubic right, region, right? And not crabs. They're a totally different uh, strain. Yes. Are they not? Yes. How close would crabs and lice be together if you uh, were able to look at them? Uh, under like a scanning electron microscope, pretty close. But the crab looks like a crab. Yeah. Well, that's weird. All right. So, uh, so Robert. Yes. Uh, yeah. Best not to have parties at places that are infested. And, and what, no, what, it's not running a he kennel. Got, no, wait a minute. He got what? Crabs. Oh, he got crabs. Yeah. So, so you're saying you just just treat them as crabs? Uh, they are crabs. Okay. All right. Can and, he, uh, um, Drew, wait a minute. I came with a great idea. All right. The crab collar. <laughs> you cinch it up around your penis. Yes. High five. A rare high five from well, Dr. Now, why, Drew. Why couldn't it just be around your, around your neck? <laughs> around your well, neck? Like, that's like, not where you sure. need it. Well, that's where the dogs wear them. Yeah, but the... I think you're appropriate. No, you put it around the penis. Nah, I never stay on. Uh, you'd find a way. Well, your belt, your 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 uh, condom belt. I'll tell you, if you, if you took a duck, if I took a flea collar and tried to put it around my penis, I'd be definitely, uh, you know, putting an extra hole in there. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. You remember your 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 condom? Uh, uh, All right, yeah, this yeah. is a brilliant idea. Okay, <laughs> wait a minute. I just found another feature. Here it is. You know the condom garter right. idea I had. Right, right, okay, right. what this basically is is. And here's the thing about me and my genius. I keep refining the ideas. Oh, you do. And when, when I bring it up and tell you, it's refining. <clears throat> well, uh, we uh, keep refining. Oh! All right, please. Amazing. Okay, Drew, quiet down now. Right. You're very excited. You look at him. He's all. He's in love with himself. I basically led you to the uh, to the to the watering hole. All, all right, you had to do was drink. Get to the description. All right, my idea for the condom garter. A lot of guys call in and say the condom rolled off, the condom came off during sex, it got caught, it wasn't able to take it off properly, so on and so forth. I had the idea of the condom garter. This is a uh, piece of elastic with two alligator-type clips, like a roach clip on each end of it, that would go around your back, around your waist, and clip on to each end of the condom. Uh, Not each end, but... 
both sides. Each side of the condom, keeping it pulled up tight, snugly against the pubic region. Then I started to make modifications on this. Why not have a, uh, you know, some kind of holster for the beer? A lot of guys uh, will get dehydrated having sex. Why not have a place where you could keep the TV remote or perhaps a portable phone? Now. Tools. Oh, well, this isn't bad either. Yeah. I mean, nothing like a big pouch, but something slim like an le- uh, electrician's tool belt. We could just keep a pair of pliers, a Phillips head <laughs> screwdriver, something like that. Whatever it took. Um, the next idea is then to widen the back of it to offer some back and lower lumbar support. Yes. A lot maybe, of guys injure be, themselves having maybe sex. Maybe it could be, a, it, it could get, you could heat up and vibrate and give, you know. Yeah, you know, you're starting to think, Drew. Yeah, big wide back support thing like you see the guys, you know, who are unloading crates at the supermarket wearing. Or it could be, this could be something they could advertise on infomercials, you know. Now, Drew's like, latest idea is to actually dip this stuff in some sort of uh, repellent. Some, something equivalent to a, a dog collar. Actually, when you snap it, it activates it, and it would work to keep crabs away from that area, too. And maybe give off some sort of pine scent. Because oftentimes people don't bathe. All right, this is a genius idea. We're going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to need backers again on this. Donna. Yes. You're 23. Yes. Um, for about the last six months, I've been in a monogamous. monogamous relationship with a near-perfect boyfriend and um, we talked about having a threesome because I wanted to get together with another woman and started to try to do that and found out it was going to be a lot more complicated uh, wait, wait, stop stop, stop, <laughs> stop. Um, have you always wanted to be with another woman um, I I'd say it's been eating at me for about the last uh, four years or how so. long have you been with this boyfriend about six months and how did, how did it come up in the context of this relationship? I brought it up to him. It's something you just always wanted to do? Yes. And he seized upon that as an opportunity to bring up the threesome idea? I brought up the threesome idea, you brought actually. It up. Okay. And um, he wasn't really comfortable with that, actually. Okay. All right. And, and how is it that he's perfect? What does that mean to you? Um, he's really thoughtful. He's really nice. Um, he's really good to me. Um, Has that always well been? Well-educated. Have your relationships always been like that? No. No. This is, the, this is the first perfect. Get out your dollar bill. Yeah, yeah, I was about yeah. to say we're ready to gamble here. <laughs> yeah. Boy, my uh, wallet's burning a hole in my ass. Drew, you got any money? Uh, ooh. Ah, a yeah, dollar right there on the top. All right, Donna. Okay. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What? What are you going to ask her? No, I was just going to inform her that we're gambling on her. <laughs> yeah? What are you going for there, Drew? You got a dollar out there. Uh, Dad... Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe we should gamble when we get back from the break. All right. All right. We've got we to go to make it the top of the hour. All right, Donna? Uh-huh? We're going to gamble on your past. Okay. All right, those of you who get offended when uh, we start cheering when it turns out that she was sexually <laughs> molested by your uh, stepfather, please relax. We're doing this for her own benefit. You understand, well, actually, don't you, this, Donna? This yeah. isn't the usual reason we do it, because usually we do it to kind of get around the defenses that people throw up when you try to address these issues. In Donna's case, we're doing it because she's a good sport, and it just illustrates how common and how reproducible these issues are. And she's not, believe me, she's going to, she's fine with this. So. Yeah. Well, who cares? This is good radio, right, Drew? Okay. When we come back, the payoff from gambling on Donna. I don't go in for these backdoor shenanigans. Shenanigans. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Shenanigans. Chips, tips, chains, whips. Nanigan. 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 Nanig
This is Dr. Drew for True Car. Everyone is talking about transparency these days, a word you hear a lot because people want it. So when it comes to making a big purchase, like perhaps buying a new car, you expect some transparency in the buying process. This is a process that gives you the confidence to know you're getting the fair deal, right? So you can really look at all the details. To understand the power of transparency, you need to check out True Car and True Car's mobile app. True Car not only can configure the car you want and how you want it, but you can see what others actually paid for the same car you're looking for. Down to the zip code, so right in your area, you see the very same car. So you know what you can expect to pay for the car you want. Pretty transparent, right? And once you decide on that car, you can lock in guaranteed savings on an average over $3,000 off MSRP. Then you're connected with a trusted True Car certified dealer that will honor your savings without any negotiation, no shenanigans. So when you're ready for a new, transparent car buying experience, save time, save money, and never overpay. Download the True Car app today. Hi, this is John Tesh, and you are listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Hey, where's that John Tesh? I like John Tesh. Good guy. Yeah, it really is, isn't he? Mary yeah. brought his kid in and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice yeah. guy. I accosted him at some sort of convention and uh, asked him to come in, and right. he came right in oh, next yeah. week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't know if Tesh's kid listens or not, but uh, tell Pops... He's welcome. Uh, come on in. Yeah, yeah he's welcome. Sure, what the he hell? He's a bad rap. I, he's just a really nice guy. Yeah, you know, he, uh, he does. He gets a horrible rap. Not a horrible rap, but just like a, a, a fairly bad rap. Un- yeah, I mean, for guys just doing his thing, he's a nice guy. Yeah, uh, I know. All right. All right, well, uh, we don't we don't subscribe to that uh, here on Love Line. If you're a good guy, you come in and talk about it. Hey, if you're an a-hole, you can come in here on Love Line. We don't <laughs> care. As a matter of fact, we don't even know who's coming in. <laughs> we just sit here. You asked okay, for it. Mike. You asked for it. All right. Uh, I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. And we will be back in 10 seconds. This is Love Line on Radio Station. Name of the show is Love Line. My name is Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. Phone number 1 800 LOVE 191. Facts number 310-854-4455. Bucko 9. Nice guys and a good band will be in here tomorrow night. Didn't we meet them in San Francisco? Yeah. Okay. We introduced them. Oh, Never. we did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I'm hip. <laughs> Problem with me and Drew is we can't remember who's been on the show and who hasn't been on the show. We swore up and down that Bucko 9 had been on the show. Been on the show. It's always a little embarrassing. It's, it's really equivalent to, uh, like, being a whore... And uh, sleeping with tons of guys and not being able to remember who you slept with and oh, then running nice. into them at a party. That's nice. All right, being a male whore and sleeping with tons of women and running into them. No, but there's a certain intimacy you have here. Mm. People come in, they bare their souls for two hours. Well, it's we much have these worse. great times yeah, with people. It's much worse forgetting somebody that has been here as opposed to thinking somebody had been here when they haven't. And when you have somebody like, what are those two, the women singers uh, that uh, you ran into in the bathroom line? The Judds? No. <laughs> What are the? Come on! Oh, these Avruca Salt. Avruca Salt. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> it's real embarrassing when you're inviting people to come on the show that we're on three weeks ago and that kind of stuff. Oh, you weren't even really inviting her. You were just sort of placating her. I was talking to her, uh, Dave Grohl, right, and telling her to get out of the way. Yes. Yeah, I was a little out of my mind though, Drew. I can't be held responsible. <laughs> 
She finally yelled at me, you idiot. And she was on the show like four days earlier, too, which was embarrassing. Dave Grohl's girlfriend is, um, Jesus, Veruca. No, is it Veruca Sol? Yeah. And what the hell's her name? Jesus, oh, okay. I can't remember Nobody her name. Else, nobody's listening to the show on there. Oh, anymore. that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Who? Louise? Yeah, it was Louise. That's right. It was was Louise. it Louise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you sure? Uh, that's my recollection. All right. Anyway, uh, I was trying to get Dave Grohl to come on the show, and she kept butting in, and I finally told her, hey, listen, sweetie, stay out of this. <laughs> she said, uh, hey, I was on the show last week, you idiot. <laughs> like, oh, man, you're bumming my high now. And then you got to do that backpedal. Of course you were. I know. Uh, you're from that chick band. Anyway, I just have a bad memory, that's all. And Drew's isn't much better. When we did the Keenan show... The girl who was on the show right before right. we came out. Right. I was telling Drew, I've never seen this woman before in my <laughs> life. Drew said, are you kidding? She was on the show. I really got to get no, it together. No, actually, I wasn't that emphatic, but I said, I think she's the girl from Savannah. I think we had her. Uh, and then you run into them, and it's, hey, it's Adam and Drew. Oh, we had a great time. Uh, so that's why you just don't say anything, smile and nod. And where were we, Drew? There. Okay. Donna? Yeah. All right. Now you're on the show. Now we're okay. betting. Uh, we're gambling. Donna's situation is she's 23. She had a boyfriend for six months. This guy treats her better than great. Now, now she has to sleep with a girl and have a threesome. And she wants to have a threesome. And all the other relationships have been crappy. Mm-hmm. All right. So I am going with uh, abuse. I'm going with um, sexual abuse. Drew, is that something you're going to go with? No, go ahead. I'll take an alternative. Plan. All right, I'm going with just uh, basic sexual abuse. Okay, Can I'll, I go, go, I'll go with uh, abusive alcoholic dad uh, began some weird sexual experimentation with same sex when she was eight. She did. M- maybe with a friend. Maybe a friend started it. But when you say abusive dad, what do you mean? Just you know, rageaholic alcoholic. Okay, but didn't sexually abuse it. No, that's my. Okay, you you took, you got that one. All right. All right. No, I know. Donna. Yes. How's dad? How was that? Your, How, how's your da- wager? How's dad? Oh, how's dad? Um, yeah. He's a dry alcoholic. Rageaholic. Dry alcoholic. But most dry alcoholics we consider are, are considered rageaholics. Okay. Is what? that him? Well, they do a lot of raging and they do a lot of, a lot of acting out. What's a dry alcoholic? means he's behaving like an alcoholic but he's not drinking. But did it mean that he drank before? Often, yeah. usually. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's been dry for about a year and a half now. I thought dry alcoholic would mean that he didn't drink, but that he wasn't involved with the program. Or it just anything. it means they're not involved with the program, but they're still in the disease, and that may and the disease may have it depends on how far it evolved. Uh-huh. So so he raged. Um, once in a while. <laughs> well, if you rage every day, that doesn't count as a rage. No, it's just uh, um, lunacy. It's just coming home from work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you really have to uh, pick and choose your raging moments, guys. More of an al- or a, excuse me a workaholic, uh-huh. so um, he wasn't around a lot to blow up at me. Uh-huh. And uh, what about sexual abuse? Um, I'm in therapy still. I have been for a few years, and we think that something happened. I've never been able to pinpoint a certain event, mm. but I've always always felt like something happened when I was really young. Like how old? Uh, I'd say under age three. Did you start? Did you ever start experimenting with? Uh, your peers or anything like that? No. I Never anything like that? I didn't. Um, why do you think something happened? You just felt uh, felt that head between you and Dad? Um, I don't I don't think with my dad. He's one of very few guys that I really, really trust. Um, your your dad? Yeah. That's not the way you described him. <laughs> well, well, he said, he, no, Drew, he said. Better. <laughs> what? 
our relationship has gotten better with age. We're able to talk now a lot. Said he was a workaholic. That's all. Well, Nothing wrong with the man providing. Now. <laughs> well, you, she, what she what she said was he was never around to rage at me to, to scare me the way he would, and that doesn't sound like a very trusting relationship. I mean, it certainly doesn't con- take into consideration your feelings. Somebody who's acting like that. Yeah. Anyway, well, you're in, you're in treatment now, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Adam really wins. In general, we'll give Adam the the money. Well, but we don't know if she was sexually abused. All right. It's a push. Uh, it's a push. Uh, you push. sure? It, the dad was a right rageaholic. I got that part. <laughs> yeah, but you know, ra- a guy's raging. He was raging at work. Come on. Adam, fork it over. Uh, no, no, it's a split. <laughs> All right, it's a push. We'll leave it out there. Okay. Can All right. I, can I continue with my story? Yes, yeah. please, please. Okay. Um, so we decided to forego the threesome um, because it was too hard to hook it up to find a woman who liked both of us. And so um, I got involved with a lesbian about two weeks ago. Well, yeah. what happened? Um, uh, let's see, about three days ago. No, how, how was that? Let's put it that way. How was it? Is that okay? Has that been a good experience? Yeah, it's been a really good experience. It's I've been surprisingly emotionally attached to her. I wanted it to just be a physical thing to see if I could. Do you think that's realistic? Um, to have just was, a physical thing? I was hoping. I yeah. was hoping I could get it. That's again. That's Cosmo affecting women's behavior. That they should be able to just have a physical thing, and it's uh, yeah. it's hard to do that for women. Hey, wait a minute. Aren't, aren't, don't I do something for Cosmo? <laughs> yeah, we both talk about how wrong they are in the. In the Teaching women this. No, but I think I do a he said, she said thing uh, every, uh, like, other month or something. No, 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 jump. No, 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 that's Cosmo. You do something for Cosmo? Yeah. There's a little picture of me and everything. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Isn't that it? Lisa, is that it? Sherry, is that it? Is that Cosmo? Yeah. I just All got right. it in the, right. in, in, in the mail. All right. All right. But, Donna, um, is it possible that you're a lesbian? I don't think so. I don't feel like I could be exclusively with women. So you're sort of, at this point, bisexual. Yeah, which my counselor says is really normal to have those tendencies. And I wonder if it's an acting out of a, oh, God, am I going to get jumped on for this? I don't know. Screw your, what kind of counselor? It's very normal to have those tendencies. No, no, but It's normal to have that fantasy. It's normal to have that thought. I don't think it's normal to be carrying on with a woman when you're in a relationship. Oh, please, come on. Look at every... most of the people we talk to that get involved with this business, we're screwed with. That's the bottom line. And maybe it's a normal behavior at the stage in development that she's getting into in her treatment. That's maybe what she's getting it saying. That maybe that where they're at in the treatment, they, they wouldn't ex- she wouldn't expect this person to be able to have a monogamous relationship. I think she has a lesbian counselor. That's my and, my thought. Well, and you know, you're you're older than we would usually discuss ambivalence, right? You're 23, but if you are developmentally behind that and working through that in your treatment, you can certainly have those sorts of feelings and act out on them. Uh-huh. So who knows? We, we maybe I you know I'm not going to say what you are or are not. Time will tell. Uh, and, and and your point, Adam, is and that some form of sexual ambivalence seems to grow out of having been quote screwed with, as you would say. Yes. Okay. All right, but the point is, is she's in a relationship with a guy she loves very much, and, and it's she, a great relationship. She's screwing that and she's up. Screwing it up. Yeah. And listen, cheating is cheating. When you're with somebody else, I don't care what sex they are, you're uh, with someone else. You're with someone else. Yep. That that's all there is to it. Yep. Although it's it's not quite as bad. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, please, Drew. You know what I'm talking about. What would you rather, uh, Susan, do? Be with a man or be with a woman? One time. Come on. Seriously, now. You know I'm right. 
Why is that? That's a biology. <laughs> that's some terrible. Because you don't thing. want some other guy's stink. That's what it is. That's what it is. Throwback to biology. Drew's right? admitting I'm right here, by the way, without actually admitting I'm right. Correct. It's very true. But that that really it makes sense biologically too, because the man is is trying to to put his stink. No, his his sperm. Yeah, his stinky his, sperm. Let's compromise. His offspring are what he's trying to make sure that they're you know that this female is limited to, not somebody right. else's offspring. Go ahead and hide behind your biology. No, it's a biological. It's it's reality. I'm I'm accepting of that. And women, um, I believe women would rather see their man with a woman than another and, and man. And by the way, by the way, uh, biology is not always an excuse for human behavior. You know what I mean? There's all kinds of biological impulses we have that are despicable: aggression, killing. And we as we as just cognitive beings learn to overcome those and contain those and function properly in a society. To say it's biology, oh well. Doesn't doesn't dismiss it. It explains it. Doesn't dismiss it. Right. Yeah. Well, you uh, you have to sort of aspire to be a human. That's what Drew said. Actually, it'd be probably better than a human. <laughs> better than a man. Okay. All right. All right. So you'd rather uh, see the wife uh, dyke off than uh, be with the guy. Thank you. Okay. Justin, you're 17. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like uh, lately, like in school or like in church or. Or any public area, or sometimes when I'm alone, I'll start, uh, I don't know, touching myself sexually, like an erotic kind of way. Uh, in school, yeah. in public? Yeah. Well, let's just rule out the alone part because um, that's fine. That's automatic. That goes without saying. Yeah. What's with the public thing? What kind of things are you doing? Uh, just like kind of. Uh, caressing myself like uh, no no I mean are you doing it in front of your classmates or in, in uh, public places no, just, or just like inconspicuously alright mm -hmm. what, what's your question for us um I don't I, I, like th this just started happening I don't know what's going on I mean I don't know I want to know why and do you have any any thoughts of why this might be happening anything ever happened to you difficult things yeah, stuff did, but... What I mean, happened? Uh, uh, I was molested when I was like eight. Okay, so this this has something to do with that. And and oftentimes it's issues of uncontrolled or uncontained aggressions and uh, ambivalence about your sexuality and yourself and uh, your relation to your, your, your environment. <laughs> Excuse me. Drew had to sneeze. Uh, Drew's sneezing again. Sorry. He's allergic to molestation, um, everybody. But uh, I was trying to think and <laughs> to hold off that sneeze at the same time. Day late and a dollar short. Uh, but just this, this is, you know, this is a sign, a symptom that uh, something is up, and you should really try to get yourself some help for this because the, these sorts of behaviors can evolve into other things. I can, I can hear that one. These sorts of impulses can evolve into other disturbing behaviors. I strongly urge you to get some help for this. Yeah. If you were molested at age 8, it is going to take its toll on your sexuality and your psyche and your behavior and all that stuff. So it should be looked into. As far as mm, fiddling with yourself in public, uh, certainly the uh, the prime years of fiddling in public are probably somewhere mm, 15 to 19. This Seventeen is, this is, being the pinnacle of the public fiddling. This isn't f adjusting. This is uh, fiddling. 
I'm telling you, Drew. I I uh, I don't want to hear about it. Okay. <laughs> I used to fiddle with myself like uh, Charlie Daniels uh, when I was uh, 17, but obviously not in front of everybody, and certainly never in church. Right. That's why I never went to church. You know, God frowns on. All right. Okay. Ben, you're 16. Yeah. Um, I had a question. I tried to have sex with my girlfriend, and she said I, that I reminded her of her stepdad that molested her. Great. And Probably all men are going to remind her of that, frankly. No, she just says I look like him. But, Ben, all men are going to remind her of that because all, she, he's going to sort of symbolically, any man that comes near her potentially is going to cause her that kind of harm. It's like when a uh, roll of carpet falls out of a truck on a uh, desert highway and you're driving up behind it. You always think it's a body. doesn't matter what kind of carpet it is. You think it's a body. I think it's a dog sometimes. Do you? Yeah. Well, if it's a small piece of carpet, like yeah. a remnant or a sample, but a larger piece always seems like a body to me. What, a bag or something? No, no, a big rolled-up piece of carpet. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. All right, so the point is, is any guy she's with is going to remind her of this, Ben. So I'm hurting her? Uh, No, you're not hurting her. Uh, And, in fact, you could be helping her if if you're a good guy. Uh, But expect her to have some difficult feelings. Mm. Yeah, I know. she gets involved with you. she told me that I that was hurting her, so I stopped. All right. Well, if, yeah, look, if she if she's telling you she can't have a relationship with you, then take that at, at its val- at what she tells you. Then <laughs> accept what she says. If, forget whatever the reason is. Accept then, it. And I'd also be really a jerk if I just dump her. Well, she's telling you she's dumping you. No, she wants to have a relationship with me, just not sexual. Ah. Mm. How old is she? Twelve. Please. What are you kidding, Please. Ben? <laughs> This is being Get out of here. Good night. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute. I want to talk to him more. Ben? Yeah? How's the pot? Huh? How's the hooch going? No, the, I don't do any drugs. The weed? You don't? No, I just have a cold. Oh, really? All right. Well, a little pot to clear that up. <sighs> and by the way, the, re- the, reason, again, the reason we know that's bogus is that a 16-year-old is having sex with a 12-year-old is not laughing about it at all. Is not? No. Even if he's really screwed up? No. I'm going for this call. <laughs> I know. I see that. George, you're 24. How you doing? Good. You guys are great. I wish I could have lunch with you guys. You um, wish you could do what with us? Have lunch. Oh, that's all right. Answer a lot of my questions. All right. All right. Um, I have, um, I don't know if this is a, a, a eating problem or a, a whatever. I can't, when I go to the bathroom, I can't keep myself clean, I guess to say. Mm-hmm. You, know, you I, can't uh, fully clean yourself. No, no, I can sit there for hours and wipe. And this is what the bidet was invented for. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Uh, really, have... but guys don't get on the bidet, do they? Damn. Uh, listen, the most common... No, that was a, that, a bidet is for women. The most common reason... You don't see a bidet in a guy's uh, locker room, uh, do you? No. Bathroom? No, 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 the point is that you could use it for this sort of I thing. I think the guys uh, invented it. I think the guy who invented the uh, bidet had a uh, wife with a stinky crotch. <laughs> Necessity is the mother of all inventions, Drew. Oh, right. Of course. Uh, Mrs. Bidet stunk like hell. Uh, George, do you have hemorrhoids? Who, me? Yep. Uh, I, no, I, I don't think so. I don't well, know. probably do. That's the most common reason for that sort of thing. Why? Yeah. Why what? Why is that uh, the common reason for that? Because it makes the, the sphincter not function right. There's, big, there's a big thing sticking out there. It doesn't function normally. It's yeah. coming out of the sphincter? Yeah. I thought it came out from, like, around it. it or it can uh, be around it. It's... Well, yeah. You went for this call. 
All right, we're going to take this seriously. All right. There I'm, can be I'm not kidding. If I pass wind a lot, it goes away. Does it does it ever uh, hurt back there? You ever have pain no, or burning? No, not at all. I mean, literally, if I blow myself clean, I'm all right. Why would it go? Well, what if he <laughs> breaks wind a lot? It goes I away. Yeah. I'm just, it, I don't. I don't understand. Listen, are you on any medications? I uh, no, nothing. And now you have no medical problems. Okay. No, I'm healthy. Well, I mean, I, literally, if it's I go, not my area of expertise. I, I in spite of Adam's attempt at. Yeah, um, but if I if I pass wind a lot, it, it goes away. I mean, I can I check it all the time. Well, what do you mean it goes away? It just stops. I mean, I, I feel like I get sweaty back there, and I go to wipe, and it's all brown. And then if I pass wind a couple times, if I'm lucky, it'll go away, and I'll be good to go. All right. Well, what gives you gas? Uh, no. Food. All right. Well, why don't you start eating and focusing on that food that gives you gas? Oh, I do that. I like it's part of my practice now. I'm just trying to get rid of it. Like, how, how much do you weigh? Problem. How much do you weigh? Uh, 185. Okay. Mm-hmm. About 6'1". Yeah. Well, that sounds about right. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you, somebody, somebody would have to inspect. You have to go to your doctor oh. and inspect things, see what's going on. Oh, that's where you really earn your money as there a doctor. Can, there can be fishers. There can be all kinds of things that can go oh, on. Oh, the fishers. Oh, yeah. And be fully prepared for when you get to the doctor and he tells you to get down in your underwear and then he leaves for Cancun for the weekend. And then you sit in your underwear while people parade in and out of the office willy-nilly. Usually, I, I don't know, I would say the average time between the time the doctor tells you to get down your underwear or get naked in certain cases and the time that he comes back, uh, average um, 18 to 22 minutes, I would say. What would you say, Drew? And uh, what, is what the, I do. And how long does it take a guy to take his pants off, really, while you're standing there? 30 40, seconds, 45 seconds. 45 seconds. Yeah. Doctor doesn't have 45 seconds. You know what it is? I think the doctor doesn't like to see a guy drop his pants right in front of him. Well, you want to give, listen, I, I, I'm obviously been on the other end of that yeah. relationship. And you you want to give somebody the opportunity to do that privately if they want to. Like and check it, the junk a little. Just to, just to give him a chance to, you know, settle down a little bit. And, and Like a, a tube sock that's cleaving to his groin and, area. And I'll tell you, honestly, I use the opportunity to go out and I go to my desk and check make sure the calls are... I, I just take that minute to go out and check and see if the stuff I need to take care of and then... You have back. a shot of bourbon, don't you? No, no. <laughs> I would. I'd start drinking. If I went out and knew I was coming back to explore man's nether regions, I'd, I'd like fire up. You'd hear a blender fire up. There's in the not next much room. that doesn't motivate you to substances. Isn't it? <laughs> but I'm saying if there's ever a time to have yourself a cocktail, that would be the time. You how about for I mean? the patient? That's all right. So you show no, up. How about for the patient? Oh, yeah. They deserve one, too. Listen, I believe there should be a blender right there in the doctor's office. You got all that equipment. Let the... Yeah, let the guy, uh, you know, let the guy have a margarita. Uh, you put down whatever your drink is. Everyone kind of starts to loosen up a little, and perhaps it turns into an enjoyable experience. All right. All right. And I would suggest some mood lighting, too. Enough of this uh, clinical stuff. All right. Okay. We'll be back. I began to float up and away from my body. Uh, lady, you better get back float. here. If you're not here when Loveline float. returns, they're going to be... <laughs> Everybody, this is D Snyder, and I'm the host of a new show on Podcast One called Snyder Comments. Get it? It's not a proper noun; it's an adjective. I'm Snyder than you are. Each week, each Wednesday, as a matter of fact, 
I'll talk about the world of rock, but sometimes it goes beyond that. It will always go beyond that. And go the world around us. It goes to pop culture. It may go to politics. But it always be my observations. So tune into Snyder Comments on Podcast One every Wednesday. Hi, folks. This is Adam West. You know me, I suppose, as Batman. Don't tell anyone. You can help make the world a little safer by listening to Loveline every night with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Who's him? Yes, you can. I was talking to Dr. Drew about my grandma during the uh, during the break. I got to watch out because she listens to the show. But um, no one else's grandma in the world does this. She's also the only family member, I guess, that listens to the show. That's nice. Hmm. Yeah, except for uh, my mom uh, caught it the other night and was oh. warning me about the dangers of talc. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't hear a word she's saying, you know. She's telling me about oh, talc, wow, wow, and my wow, mind's talc. just racing because I'm thinking, what the hell was I talking about? Going for some, you know, some sort of uh, indoor masturbatory record or something like that, or, right. you know, talking about her hippie boyfriend right. or God knows what. She has the decency not to bring it up, but... Uh, my grandmother. I have the only grandmother in the world. When I call her up, here's how the conversation goes. It's absolutely amazing. <clears throat> Bring. Hello. Hi, Grandma. Yeah. And then we play our game. <laughs> Hi, Grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Grandma. Yes. Hi, Grandma. Yeah. Hello, Your Highness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you believe that? How funny is that? Now I know where you get your phone etiquette. <laughs> That's how you answer the phone. I get it from my grandma. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to remember that. Oh, it's a good one. I'm just going to say hello, Your Highness, whenever I talk to you. Know, <laughs> Hi, this is Adam. Please leave a message. <laughs> All right, but the world would be a better place if everyone uh, enough with these, uh, you, you know, these uh, long running Monty Python bits that people are leaving on their outgoing uh, messages, yeah, yeah. or that one where they pretend to pick up the phone. Hello, oh, hold on, I'm so glad you called. And, you know, why, we, who wants to wade through this crap? Either the person's home or they're not. They're not home. You want to know immediately and leave that message, Mike. Yeah, you're 17. Okay, so, you know, I listen to you guys, like, all the time. This is great. Anyway, um, here's a little problem here. I was um, around town near my friend's house, and I thought I'd stop by his house unexpected. You know, I haven't seen him in a while. And I, I pull into his house, and I walk up to the porch, and I get to his door, and he's got a sliding glass door. And right as I'm about to knock, I see him run across the living room in full drag, pantyhose, makeup, lipstick, a nice tight dress, whatever you want to do, a wig, you know, and I, I, he, we made eye contact, and now I don't know what to do. I mean, he's still my friend. I don't think anything of, anything different of him. Have you brought it up yet? I would. No, I haven't. I haven't even talked to him. I mean, he, well, what'd you do? Just run? No, I stood there with like in shock. I, I didn't know what to think, so I stood there for about like a minute or two, and I got back in my car and I left. Huh. I didn't. I didn't know what to do. I mean, how old is he? He's about forty. <laughs> He's forty. Yeah. You're uh, seventeen. Yeah. 
Well, no, no, no. It's nothing like that. I've known him for a while. No, no. I don't mean there's anything weird and gay. I just, just mean, a funny I don't know. Thing. What do you hanging mean? out with a 40-year-old guy. What do you mean you've known him for a while? I just, I, he's been my friend, and, and I, Your I friend. him on occasion. How did you meet him? Um, he was a friend of the family. Drag convention. Yeah. <laughs> well, a friend of the family in what way? Uncle. Uh, no, just, um, Uncle Joe. My parents introduced me to him. And because um, we had a lot in common, and so and, and what was it you had in common with him? Um, well, without getting too involved, I mean, we we both had the same kind of hobby. I mean, we collected the same thing. What was that? Uh, bodies. What? Huh? Why? Nothing bad. I just want to say anything. I don't want like anybody to know who you are. Yeah. Uh, all right. I listen. Mean, listen. This I don't like people that collect stuff. He's not, not a collector. And I don't trust 40-year-old guys who hang out with young guys. Yeah. No. I, I don't mean it's... Uh, forget about the whole sexual thing. Yeah. I'm not talking about that. It's just a strange thing. I don't, uh, you know, he may have been uh, 33 when you met him, but, uh, of course, uh, that then made you 10. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a little bit weird. Very weird. No, it's not too... It's nothing weird. I, it is weird, Mike. I understand you don't perceive it that way, but it's, it's a weird thing. Anyway, so what, what's the question? The thing is, I don't know what to do. I mean, I'm, I see him, I used to see him about once every week until I moved. For what? What were we seeing him for? Oh, just like, um, just to stop by and say hello. He's a friend of mine. I mean, we, we have mutual friends, too, so. I mean, and I, they're also listen, oh, hold on a second. See, I hang out with a lot of older crowd. I'm not. People in their fourth decade of life? Well, he, I have a lot of older friends. I I don't have a lot of friends my age. All right, why is that? I don't know. I just, that's, that's more I the issue here. Felt people my age were too immature. I don't know. Um, no, no, they're not. <laughs> no, you know they may be immature, but at least they keep their clothes on. And yeah. not only that, uh, what's wrong with being with a seventeen-year-old that's, imma- that's that's appropriate for the age as opposed to a forty-year-old that is immature? I have friends my age. I do. I'm just saying this is just one of my friends or somebody I know that um, I, I... All right, Mike, listen. Uh, we're putting poor Mike on the ropes here. <laughs> listen, uh, Mike is 17. His friend is 40. That's fine. I mean, it's all right. I've known guys that have uh, had friends that were older and friends of the family and whatnot, and that's all right. Uh, it, you don't hang out with them that much, but yeah. you, you can hang out with them a little bit. But uh, I always think these guys are a little bit suspect. Yeah, if you want to come by the house and you have some hobby and he's rebuilding a car in his garage and you want to come out and turn a wrench with him and, uh, you know, drink a, a soda while he drinks a beer, that's fine. But if you're talking about hanging out, like, in the you know, on the weekends, in the evenings and that kind of stuff, that's a little bit weird. Yep. All right. Now, you find out that this guy is, in fact, a little bit weird. Yeah. Because he's running around in a dress. Yeah. So, uh... Obviously, there is some credence to uh, our concerns. Our concerns. Yeah. Thank you, Drew. Um, I would just kind of use this as a good jumping-off point, uh, or, or, or um, this is a good place to sever the relationship, or, or cool it off. Yeah, let him call you. He he feels weird. You feel weird. Uh, go hang out with the people your own age. Rain, you're twenty-one. Yes. Hey. Hi. Hey. I just want to say, you guys, the show is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> What's going on? Um, the question is, well, since I was about 16 years old, I've been really interested in women and really not interested in men at all. And so I figured I'm a lesbian. But all of a sudden, about a month ago, I met this guy. And I've like, I'm not like this big butchy lesbian who hates men and all this, but I've just never, ever been interested in men. 
and all of a sudden I have this big crush on this guy, and I dr- like I dream about him, and it's just weird. Like, am I like the only lesbian who likes men or something? I don't know. Mm, you know, w- women good. much yeah. more frequently than men uh, have m- greater flexibility about their sexual orientation. I mean, it's much less common for a man to be who's gay to be interested in a woman than it would be for a woman who's gay to be interested in a man. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. I mean, just it just as it would, the same as nothing wrong with you because you're interested in women. And and I you often wonder if it's just this person that's particularly appealing to you. Exactly. And they could be whatever gender, and uh, that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you shouldn't feel ashamed of whatever you're you're. Uh, I mean, you're, you're 21. I mean, you should have a pretty good idea of what you do and don't like. It's time to declare a major. Well, uh, maybe not. But it, it's certainly yeah. it's reasonable. Well, I don't care. You can always explore this particular guy and see what it evokes in you, and maybe you'll find something out about yourself. But it's weird, though, because I've never, ever been interested in men. Not totally disgusted by them, but just never even sort mm. of thought of it that way. Yeah, but we hear a lot of women saying the same thing about women. And all of a sudden, and I was never interested like, in women until I met this person that really interested me. All of a sudden, I'm interested in women. It's, it's but it's like all of a sudden, I'm thinking about you know getting married and having kids and everything. Well, not not like necessarily with him, but I'm thinking, okay, I'm a lesbian. Um, what's going to happen to me when I become like 35 years old? Am I going to be like an old maid? Because you know, I don't I don't necessarily want to marry a woman because I want to have kids and everything. I want to have that whole house and kids and garage. Uh, well, hey, do, do lesbians have that biological clock? What do you mean? You know what I'm talking about, Drew? No. I mean, they're women. The women have a biological clock. Yeah, but do they have? Do lesbian women have as big a clock? I don't understand the question. You don't understand what I'm asking. Women, their clock that they run on is is their capacity for childbirth, and yeah. all women have the same clock. I mean, basically. Yeah, but when you've decided to be a lesbian, the clock doesn't somehow slow down. Why not? Why would it? I think it would. Why? Because you've chosen to be with a woman and you're greatly um, uh, decreasing your chances of having a child, obviously, by, by being with a woman. Yeah, but you still have the sense that your time's running out in terms of your capacity to have a child. Yeah, but you don't pay attention to the clock. It's not as Maybe. prevalent. Paying attention is a different thing. Oh, so, please, yeah, Drew. Okay. Yeah, but do I, do I have to spell everything out for you? Uh, you have to at least uh, say it. Speak it no, for me to understand Listen, it. what I'm saying is is most women, most heterosexual women, by the time they get into their later 20s, are really thinking about having kids. I see producer Ann over here. Uh, you know, she's uh, dry humping Mike's leg, and, uh, you know, she can't wait to get home to have sex. I mean, she's thinking about kids. Yeah. You can see it when they come around. Yeah. Drew brings his kids around. Uh, women, when they go insane, when they're, when they're of that age. Right. Now... I don't think a lesbian woman would be driven quite as much, wouldn't be affected quite as much. I don't know that. I don't know. It's an interesting question. I don't know. I would think they would be, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think some of that dies when you choose lesbianism. But not in Rain's case. It's it's breaking through. All right. Shelly. I mean, uh, Sally? Sally. How do you spell it? S-E-L-L-I-E. Okay. What's going on? Well, actually, um, I've been with the same guy for three years now. And we just got married two, two months ago, but the problem is I can't have sex with him. We waited, and well, I waited until we got married, and he respected me enough to do that. But the problem is now that it's come down to it, I mean, I made excuses on the honeymoon. I make Oof. now. What kind of excuses were you laying down on the honeymoon? <laughs> just like, 
I, I was just like, um, oh, this is so overwhelming. I don't think it'd be, I don't know. I just, just stupid things because I was like really scared to do it. Remember that Woody Allen joke? Uh, not here. No, it's just, uh, uh. no, the thing is I want to. I'm going down a great film. Or a great film. All right, yes, you want to. Yeah, but I'm afraid to. What are you scared of? Uh, um, having flashbacks or something because I've done go. that before when I was with other guys and flashbacks of sexual abuse when you were a child. Yeah. Oh, Sally. But the problem is, have my you ever had treatment for this? I was, but I mean, I just it, I was when I was younger. But I mean, our insurance screwed up and we couldn't afford it, and it's just like everything I worked on just got put back on the shelf, and I didn't work on it anymore. Oh. Well. You, you know what I'm noticing here, Drew? Sorry, Sally, but most people that are virgins into their 20s these days, at, at first glance, you go, Good. Oh, this is yeah, tremendous. Great, yeah. oh, this, is, uh, this is great. And then you think, boy, um, boy these people are, uh, really, we should take our hats off to these people. I mean, you know, the temptation and the society and all that kind of stuff. And then you usually find out there's something up. Well, the fact is, even if I wasn't molested, I have morals, and I would still wait. Uh, yeah, but you're not having sex now, which means it. It and and you brought the molestation thing up. So I'm. Um, listen, you can have morals, still get in a relationship at 19 and have sex, and not compromise your morals, Sally. No, I. The thing is that it's just that I'm really scared to, and the thing right. is that my husband doesn't even know that it ever happened to me. No, oh, Sally, please get some more treatment. These you got are, to. You got to. You, you have no choice. Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to tell him. I don't know how to tell uh, him. Tell you got to come you, clean. You need you need to review your health insurance. Yeah. And if it's not good, get better health insurance. And but then I don't want him treatment. to think that I'm, like, used or dirty or something. Uh, no, don't worry about what he will or will not think. Just get into some treatment. Who molested you? My father. Oh. When you were how old? When I was three to eleven. No. Oh. The thing is, I feel like that. I, I know, like I know, I know, I know. I, I, I know. Don't want him to like all right. I love with all my heart, and I don't want him. All to right. So, to Sally, him. here's what's going on. Your father, during a very impressionable, impressionable, uh, impressionable. <laughs> it's getting late. Time in your life mm -hmm. made you feel dirty. Exactly. And 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 then you overcompensated for this feeling of dirty by trying to sort of rectify the dirt from the past by making yourself squeaky clean from that point on, mm -hmm. at least uh, intimately, which is pretty good because a lot of women go the other way. Just keep going. Yeah. I figure I'm, I'm, I'm dirty. I'm going to go jump in a, uh, in a mire and roll around. Uh, first off, I, don't equate um, sexuality with dirt. It's 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 a it's a very it's a very bad way to go. Yeah, but what she equates it with and, unless it was with me, in which case there is a certain amount of soiling involved. But she's she's the, the dirty feelings, right? It's the nice. dirty feelings, okay. and yeah, well, I know what she's saying. Yeah, but you're you're a victim. Yeah, and you you don't really have anything. Here's what I would guess at the risk of sounding offensive. Here's what happened. See if you can identify with this. Okay. Your dad is an abusive a hole. Your dad showed you attention this way. Probably some of the only times he was really showing you attention. Well, it wasn't really attention. It was like punishment. But it's the way she experienced closeness with your father. Well, I, well, it was just like, oh, you didn't listen. Um, here, I have to do this to you. And that's what it was. Right. All right. But here's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. There's a part of you on some level that either felt that you deserved it. Exactly. 
or or enjoyed it in some bizarre way, at least the attention aspect of it. And then you internalize that, and then you feel guilty. That you enjoyed it, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You feel dirtier for that. Yes. It, yeah, I understand that. This had nothing to do with, with you. Your, your dad's a sick individual. You were abused. You were a victim. And you have two choices. Either come clean or you let it rule your life. Or you get you get into treatment quietly. Just just find a way in quick. I want to, but I want to involve my husband so Well, much. just you let the person treating you decide that, okay? Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. All right. And you know what the no. most horrible thing of all is? Uh, guess what kind of person the husband's probably? Uh, I, I, oh, the husband? No. I was going to go to the dad. I'd say the dad's probably yeah. in the church somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but, just, but the husband. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who the hell are we talking to? Uh, Sally, too. Sally. Sally. Yeah? Well, what'd your dad do for a living? My dad? Yeah. Oh, gee. Uh, he worked at a grocery store, but now he works for a beer company, which is kind of you know, ironic since he's an alcoholic. Yeah. Mm, get some kind of discount. But my husband is not like that at all. Uh, be careful. Just be careful. You're, you're going to tend to... Keep an eye on hobby. Yeah, yeah, you're going to go towards difficult people. Great. How's your hobby? Is he working and stuff? Yeah, he's actually a CPA, but he's out right now. Out? What do you mean out? He went with some of his friends. To what? They just, like, every like couple nights, they just go out. Yeah. And I just, I didn't want to go tonight. Where do they go? They go out to a club? No, right. Drew, don't start reading a whole bunch of crap into this. I'm just scared for her. I'm just... All right, listen, Sally. Yeah? That's all right. There's nothing that's been done uh, that can't be repaired. Okay. You just repair it. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Okay? Get some counseling. Uh, talk to your counselor and decide what direction to go in, as far as your husband's involvement. Yeah, don't make any this. big decisions by yourself to you have a connection with a professional, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you. Oh. <sighs> Uh, good news and bad news uh, for you. Um, uh, you know, your wife's um, uh, the virgin. Yeah. Uh, turned out was having sex with her dad for uh, from 3 to 11. Oh. Uh, I mean, uh, oh, but something's up with him. Which? The husband. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is why, by the you way, you need to have sex e- before e- you get married. <laughs> either he's <laughs> a fixer, once. either he's a severe fixer, a severe codependent, or a severe abuser. No. Oh, Dad. Oh, I'm punishing you. Uh, Airstrike, yeah. please. Oh. Will you just get that team together? Yeah, uh, Mike. Do we get fixed on our call? So I just want to. Uh, this is a situation where we're going to have to take out the entire town. Uh, I really can't. Re- you know, it's not going to be strategic at all. It's going to be like uh, Hiroshima. Or um, Hiroshima, whatever we're calling it these days. All right, we'll be back. Why don't you try rapping at this time? Yo, yo, kick some flavor and stuff and love and light. I'll be right back in a minute. I'm sorry, that was really bad. You're just not street like me. What's up, everyone? This is Kellen Quinn from Sleeping With Sirens, and I'm turning things up as I bring you my new podcast, We Like It Loud, every Tuesday on PodcastOne.com. I've got exclusive interviews with the hottest bands on the scene, and I'm also going to be connecting you, the fans, as I answer Twitter questions and give you exclusive access to the music industry like no one else. So download We Like It Loud with me, Kellen Quinn, every Tuesday at PodcastOne.com. That's PodcastOne.com.
Hey there, my fellow sexual dysfunctionals. This is Young MC, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. I like that Young MC. Good guy. All right. Uh, yeah. And you're 26. Yes. Um, I have a question for Dr. Drew. Yes, ma'am. Um, I have um, an adoptive son mm-hmm. who um, they think may have autism. Mm-hmm. And I wondered, is that like, do they... What do they consider that? Do they consider it like a mental illness or? Or what? I don't know. I mean, because you hear of autism and it's like a negative thing. I don't. It's not a good thing. Okay. Do you understand what it is? No. <laughs> but did you, this is your adopted son. Yeah. It's basically. And why'd you have him brought in for a clinical examination? Well, we're kind of in the middle of all that right now. Um, you well, know. Don't they kind of, uh, can't they, can they check that in infancy, Drew? Yeah. Not infancy, but young, young children, young toddlers. How, how long have you had the child? Um, since birth. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a syndrome where the child sort of detaches from reality and gets involved in sort of self-stimulating activities. Um, well, he has a lot of, um, compulsive behaviors. Yeah. But I mean, it, that's fairly severe retardation, isn't it? Mm, it's. I mean, some of those autists can be idiot savant-like kids. It's not retardation per se, but it's it's very primitive developmental delay. Yeah, no, he in some respects he's like really delayed, like sitting, crawling, walking, things like that. It was very delayed. Yeah. But as far as was the mom using drugs or anything? Oh yeah. Okay. Drugs so and alcohol. All right. So how, how does he look physically? Um, he has the real big head. They always yeah. thought he had fluid on the brain. Yeah. Oh, um, boy. They've tested him. Um, he's real smart in some respects. All right. So um, he, like he, catching he is, on to things. All right, but he's had some serious something happen oh, during the Boy, Ann, you are a saint. <laughs> he was born very severely drug and alcohol exposed. He yeah. was a four-pound baby. All right, but that, 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 that almost without exception causes brain damage. What made sort. you decide to adopt a child in this condition? Mm, I've adopted more than one. How many do you have? Um, two going on three. <laughs> in, in this condition? Yeah. Well, you, um, my others are worse than he is. Wh- why do you specialize in that? What, how did that happen? It's just what I choose to do. Um, I was a foster parent, or became a foster parent and have been for years. It's just kind of what I choose to do. Yeah, but what about your husband? I don't have a husband. Hmm. And can you, um, how many kids can you adopt without a husband, by the way? Is there some sort of limit? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be facetious here, but um, wouldn't you think that... But see, my kids are considered unadoptable. Oh, so my basically... Kids considered adoptable. They're happy to have uh, any kind of home. Yeah. Are you able to, you know, tend to them? Yeah. What do you do, get some money from the state or something? Um, yeah. Well, in this case, it's all right. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. Right. <laughs> I I have to. I mean, there's they sure. No, we understand. So much medically. I mean, you just can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's just absolutely no way that anyone could afford to pay a medical bill. Yeah. Uh, so, Anne. Yeah. What's your life like? I don't Maybe. know. Busy. <laughs> um, can you date and stuff? No. <laughs> what's up with that? If I have anyone watch my kids, it usually has to be a nurse. Um. Because they just they require too much for anyone to just watch. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. What's uh, what's up with Anne that she's sort of? I mean, listen. Uh, first off, uh, you know you should be sainted. 
Forget about uh, having to wait for you to, uh, what do you got to do, one miracle? I think, you know, it was funny. that It used to be two miracles in the old days, but uh, people are doing one, one and a half, one and three quarter miracles. And uh, it was just, it was too tall in order. So they uh, went ahead and just chopped it down to one miracle, which uh, makes perfect sense. But I think what you're doing is great, Ann, but you sort of, uh, you know, you've, You've sort of mortgaged your life in the in in the in, process. in the process, right? I mean, you're not dating. You, you no, but when my kids get older and they're more stable, then I can mm, go back to leading a normal. Yeah, life. but it's not like so. they're going to turn eighteen and go to college. Mm, no, I mean they're going to be I around. Would hope. No, yeah, no. I would hope. No, uh, no. Uh, I think uh, you know I'm not I'm no I doctor, but autism is pretty heavy I mean. stuff. It's not. Excuse me. It's not realistic. I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, Anne. Yes. Uh, what you're doing is fine. Uh, you have doctors who can sort out the problems better than Drew can over the phone. And I think you're just kind of calling to ventilate a little bit there. Uh, but that's all right. No, I just, um, I don't know, because it just, uh, autism just seems to have a negative, like, thing uh, to it. And I just didn't know if it, like. Negative as opposed to what? Uh, you know, fetal alcohol. Cocaine baby, brain damage during during intrauterine development. I mean, it's all the same stuff. Yeah. Same same quality of of uh, negative connotation. So, autism is. I I thought it was pretty severe retardation. It, it is in a way. I mean, it is just it. You know, it's, True. Let's, let's it, look. It's a syndrome. It's very hard to 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 uh, define because it has different manifestations. But it's basically people sort of don't de- detach from reality. And in severe forms, yes, there's severe retardation attached to it, too. Uh, some idiot savant sometimes have autism. Uh, yeah, you're thinking Rain Man, though. As uh, opposed to what? <laughs> People that are autistic don't look like Dustin Hoffman. Usually not. You get the different... <laughs> Put that on a card, Engineer Mike. Uh, usually not. No, it's uh, that's why it's why they didn't get an autistic it's a guy to play the part. It's a, that's why I'm dancing around because it's complicated. All right, it's it's bad news. Yeah, but uh, the good news is is that uh, people like Anne are around yeah. to take care of. You notice uh, we didn't want to probe too much in eggs. We want to let her. Uh, yeah, let her take care of the let, kids. Yeah, let her do it the way she's doing. God it. bless her. Kitties Bucko Nine will be in here tomorrow night. Nice guys, good band. Saw them a couple of weeks ago. And until next time, this is Adam Carolla for Dr. Drew saying Mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions, that's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyrighted in 